This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. And even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, Every Step Along The Way. The podcast, as always, is supported by our friends at the Stoke City fans from all around the world Facebook group. Uh, this week discussed mine and Dan's trip to the seaside, where we beat Blackpool to secure our second win of the season. We look ahead to Luton this weekend, including some audio from the Luton camp. And as always, we've got Radio Stoke's Graham McGarry with his predictions, along with all the news and updates around the club this week. Okay, okay, let's kick off. So, uh, Dan, I'm glad to see that you've got uh, back home nice and safe, mate. And I've actually only got one question for you. Have you eaten all of your rock? I have not. I have some of it right here with me to enjoy it uh, whilst I sit and relax tonight. I was going to say, but you, you bloody paid for it. I, I don't. Well, I mean, me and Dan basically after the match, we we didn't actually leave Blackpool till about eleven o'clock or something like that. And um, we went down to the front. I got a couple of bags of candy floss, a can, and some soft rock, about four pieces of it. it comes to like nine quid, Robin Swines. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, you got I think was it five bars of rock, and it cost you a tenner. What's happened, Dan? Yeah, I know. He, he wasn't exactly. Smile series with a smile from him either, was it? <laughs> it was, no, it bloody wasn't. I mean, it was 10 quid. <laughs> yeah, I, to tell you what, though, he's one of the only people open. He was definitely milking it that night. But to be fair, though, I mean, he knows that it's a captive audience, doesn't he? So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let him off. Times have been hard, no doubt, for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're underplaying it as well, Mark. I mean, what did we do in between the game ending and getting onto the seafront? Um, I don't remember. Go on. <laughs> was it that late? <laughs> As we were wandering past, what did we what did we encounter? What did we find? Everyone was just trickling out bit by bit. Um, I really should know the answer to this, mate. Honestly, I've had no sleep at all since I got back home about one o'clock. Come on, r- remind everyone. The, the first team coach, of course. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. First team coach. Yeah, we uh, we did the typical fanboy stuff, didn't we, mate? And uh, watch some of the players the come out. <laughs> yeah, we, um, we were too cool for school. We didn't get we didn't uh, get up and ask for any selfies, did we? We just watched watched them all come out. <laughs> You, you were like a schoolgirl, mate. You were proper all over it. Oh, <laughs> oh, Mr. Tyrese, Mr. Tyrese, can I please have my shirt signed? It was like, mate, grow up. I mean, I tell you what, can you tell the professional signature grabbers or whatever you call these people these yeah, days? I'm not had, quite sure. They had, the, they had the boards and everything, didn't they? He did, mate. Yeah, the full on it. I mean, good, good, fair dues to him, whatever. It could have been for a kid or whatever, but it looked very, very professional outfit. So, yeah, good on him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess kind of jumping into to kind of Blackpool then, I mean, we're. We'll kind of go on to that, I think. I mean, we we know that we all played Cardiff, and I think the less said about Cardiff, the better. I mean, a bit of a capitulation once it really done. I mean, I think, I know Graham last week mentioned, you know, he thought it was going to be a tight game, 1-0, and I didn't think anyone at half-time was thinking that was going to be as tight as it actually panned out to be. But No, 
I think uh, one end of the pitch we were looking very good, weren't we? A nice partnership between Brown and Fletcher, and the other end of the pitch looked a bit of a shambles. But yeah, that's, I think that's been done to death. I think over the past few days, and on social media and phone-ins and all sorts. Yeah, exactly. We want to keep this a nice positive one. Yeah, we've had a really good win against Blackpool. So, um, okay, cool. So I'll give you my thoughts generally. Then, then really, Dan. I mean, I think firstly, I think it was great to see. Um, an away game again. I mean, personal circumstances for me, mate, don't really allow for kind of many away visits. I mean, Blackpool's always a nice visit. I used to love going to, you know, Wigan and Bolton. I mean, those were you know, nice, easy places to get to. But um, I mean, in fairness to, to Blackpool, it's a nice little stadium. I know we we followed the bloody signs on the side of the stadium that said, go this way for the away end. And we literally we literally did an, almost an entire circuit, didn't we? Uh, I mean, it's just just stupid, really. I mean, we we got round and all the um, all the fans were singing, which is was great atmosphere. I know they they did really well. I know there's that bloody song about we all go down, and I think I know you made a comment, mate, to say that you know he's sick and tired of hearing that song now. And um, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I think it, I just thought it, as it go as it go a time and a place, and uh, if we're struggling, it's a bit of a like a song that says, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what's going to happen, we, we'll still be here to support the lads and that, and we'll bounce back and we'll be a seed. But if we're sort of gunning for promotion, I don't know if it's quite the right, quite the right song to be sort of singing. I suppose it's, I suppose it's just a catchy song that everybody knows, so exactly. it's, it's an easy one, get the crowd going, isn't it? Well, I saw comments today about people saying that the second time of hearing Delilah every five minutes, which... I don't know. We used to sing it more after we scored goals, and I do kind of understand what people are saying. But I don't know. I, again, I think it's one of them again that people can sing in the masses, and it's a, you know everyone knows it. And I think that's probably more what it is. But yeah, it's not 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 a complaint. I thought you know the the atmosphere was great. I thought the away fans were were brilliant um, all the way through. I mean, some credit to the Blackpool fans as well. I thought they were they were, they were pretty decent um, during large periods. But I think one of the kind of key takeaways, and I'm sure anyone who went the match would probably. Um, echo this that we talk about covid and super spreader events um my god i mean that concourse uh what was it was one small concourse for about two thousand people me and you headed down didn't we and we thought we looked at how many people were there and thought sod this we're going to go back to the to the seats uh it yeah, was an absolute shambles yeah it was a shambles wasn't it i mean oh yeah my. i mean even the steward even because one of the Stoke fans was speaking to the stewards who walked past and said, like, you know, what, you know, what, what's going on here? And even he said, like, he, that's exactly what he, the word he used, shambles. He said, yeah. oh, yeah, it's a shambles down here anyway. And <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know if that's normal because I know they cut off the standoff. I don't know if there's another concourse further down. I, I don't think so. I can't remember. I can't remember seeing one, but. Yeah, either way, um, not a place to take your kids, um, to be honest, uh, at all. For me, I, I'm glad I didn't take Josh with me. Uh, and I know you're probably glad you didn't take yours with you as well, mate. So, um, yeah, not not something I'm, I'm too bothered about. But anyway, I mean, on, on to the, um, the game itself. And I think I know that me and you both share this opinion. First half was, eh, it was a nothing first half. I mean, I thought this is absolutely destined to be nil-nil. There was nothing in it. I think both teams kind of, we're trying to sound each other out for the best part of 45 minutes and, and neither team really knew exactly how to break the other one down. And I don't think it was until like the 55th, 60th minute that we actually figured out, Oh, hang on. If we hit this ball longer to Fletcher, you no, know, go old school, um, that we're going to have some real luck. And I mean, we did, I mean, we hammered them, didn't we down from probably the 60th minute. I think that's probably fair to say. I don't think they really showed anything other than hoof ball and hoping for second balls in the end. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the first half, um, I think we said it was a bit sort of, there was literally was nothing happened, was there? Neither, no. you know, the, the defence hadn't done particularly well. The, the, nothing had been created at, at the far end, but the same can be said about Blackpool. It, it literally was a half where, you know, the midfield, uh, the game was played in the midfield, wasn't it? And a lot of the time, and it's, you know, it was no team could sort of get an edge anywhere and nothing really happened. I think, um, it too close because obviously we played Danny Bart in the middle, didn't we? Started with him in the centre, and I think we, we sort of we saw why he's been reluctant to put him in, put him in the side because of his passing and his obviously his distribution. But what you get from Danny Bart is you get a guy who will go and challenge and win. You will challenge for every edit, and you'll win the majority of them. Yeah, and he and he's also he's got leadership, 
and he's got you know he's got great defensive awareness he can organize and obviously we've said before you know what a young defense we've got you know especially when we had Ostergaard, Wilmot, Suter I mean what's the oldest one of them 23 Suter yeah you know to have somebody like Danny Bart come in who can sort of just take the you know, take the reins and say, you know what, lads, it's on me. I'll organise you all. You play your games. I'll sort you all out. Those are his strengths. And I think, first off, we were still trying to play how we have been playing out from the back. And it was, but it was too slow because that's yeah. not Danny Bart's game. So I think, you know, that was sort of that extra two couple of touches he has or the passes that aren't quite you know, as accurate or aren't quite, you know, played with the same pace as whatever. And then he'd try that and he wouldn't work out and we'd end up, you know, creating problems for ourselves then and maybe give them half a chance. And that's, you know, but we seem to realise, second, you know, he changed it around at half-time because, you know, we had to take somebody off because we got that many yellow cards in the first half. <laughs> five, five yellow cards in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, so Wil- Wilmot came off and they sort of restructured it. We looked a lot more solid after the break, but we'd gone, like you say, we'd sort of ditched the, the tippy-tappy at the back stuff to just sort of get you know, back to front a lot quicker, play in the final, you know, get the ball there, win it in the final third, hit Fletcher, win the second ball or win a set piece and go from there. And we we looked a lot we looked a lot better for it, to be honest. Yeah. And it's nice to know that we've got that, We've still got that in our game. And it might just be that, you know, with certain games, that's the back three that we go with. Mm-hmm. And then other games when he you know, when that sort of isn't gonna work and we, we sort of, you know, more reliant on keeping the possession and, and you know, we haven't really maybe haven't got the threat and it, but it might be difficult to break the team down. Well that I mean might, you, that might be why when we play more, you know, players who are maybe better on the ball at the back. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, we all slag Chester off, and to be fair, deservedly so this season. Um, but I think, you know, when you think about, you know, Martin, uh, Martin O'Neill, you know, I still I still slip into Martin O'Neill. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, Michael O'Neill, we talk about him, and fans were hitting him over the head with the one-dimensional, hasn't got a plan B, and, and all that. And I think, if you think about the uh, Blackpool, they've obviously done the homework on Stoke, every team does. So all they've seen us play all season is tippy-tappy football, playing out from the back, wing backs. So I, th- I think it's probably the case that they've probably been pumped up on this all week, and all of a sudden we've changed tacks, going longer ball, and they actually didn't know how to how to deal with it. And I think it was quite clear that they didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, t- uh, you know, Campbell, uh, well, we'll get on to Campbell in a minute, I think, separately. But, um, I mean, Jacob Brown, let's talk about him. I mean, Jacob so many times he was so close to going in one-on-one and that was all down to Fletch winning those balls uh, long-term and Fletch was brilliant mate I mean it was that three goals in two games I think for him Um, I think one thing with Fletch and I expected I didn't actually expect it from him but he he could have easily got sent off I'm not sure if you were watching it as eagle-eyed as a lot of us but the the tackle that he did and threw the player into the into the boards, um, you know, he he literally did kick him. I mean, I noticed it's not in any highlight packages that I've seen, but I mean, on another day, Fletch is getting sent off there, and it's a totally different result. I thought it was a bit a bit naughty, and somebody of his experience really should have known better. But we got away one there, I think. Yeah, Dean Ashton brought it up on Quest. Uh, oh, really? It wasn't in the main highlights package, but when they sort of Colin Murray sort of spoke to him and asked him about his sort of opinion, he said, oh, well, to me, he shouldn't have been on the pitch, and then they showed it, and yeah, he just has a bit of a, he's a bit of a petulant sort of, just just trips him, doesn't he, as he's heading off the pitch, and yeah. um, I think, sort of, Ashton was saying, like, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't hit him with any force, he's just sort of tripped him, and he hasn't, he hasn't pulled his leg back and given him a boot, if you like, but that yeah. doesn't matter, a kick is a kick. And, uh, yeah, think, it is, and it's obviously uh, got think, the boards, haven't you? It's dangerous yeah, play, really. Yeah, I think Colin Murray sort of went, well, yeah, but we do, you know, as fans, we do sort of judge them sort of moments on how much, how much, like, sort of, you do pull your leg back when you do it and how much, you know, contact is made. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think, so, but, but yeah, he, he could have easily, especially with the referee, he was, he was you know, quite happy to get his cards out, especially for our lads once he so, you know, if, I'm sure if, if he'd have seen it fully, and we're quite lucky, really, that he did get a yellow card because if he hadn't been booked for it, I'm sure you know the the uh, the FA and that would have been looking at it as, as a possible, you know, 
uh, charge coming his way after the match. Yeah. But the fact that he's been yellow carded means the referee's dealt with it on the spot, hasn't he? So he can't no no uh, retrospective act- action can be taken. Yeah, quite quite fortunate, mate. And I mean, some of the other things that I kind of pulled out of the game, I was just looking at my notes here. So I mean, Timon, um, again, was something that we both mentioned. I mean, Josh has had a great start to the season. Can't doubt he has. But um, I think we're now approaching the territory where Timon's actually, if Doughty comes back and he's fit, I think he'll start making his way into this team. I don't know if I don't know if Timon's lacking confidence for some random reason or whether he's just got complacent. I mean, every manager's always said you need a couple of uh, you know, serious contenders in each position. I don't know I don't know if that's just the case, a bit of complacency, but he did not look great again, did he? He didn't do anything particularly wrong, but he just didn't look great and he didn't look confident going forward at times. I mean the crossing was below par anyway, but um, it probably just worries you a little bit about timing, doesn't it? When, when those fullbacks are so important, uh, Doughty must be really thinking, I've got a great chance here to get myself in the team. Yeah, I think with Doughty, he, in a lot of these um, substitute appearances he's made this season, he has looked uh, pretty good, hasn't he? But I think when yeah. he had his, his, his last start, he didn't really do anything. And I think that sort of killed the momentum that he was getting. And uh, it seems to me the better that Doughty played on his cameos, the better Josh Tymon was playing to keep him out of the side. So, I hope, you know, I think, yeah, definitely. He looks like he needs a break. He looks like his confidence is shot, Tymon. Um, he Which is weird, because really... he's had a good season. Why, why is his confidence shot? I, I don't know if he's still... I don't know how badly has he taken that that second goal against Cardiff, maybe. Mm. He just looked like he just looked like on Wednesday he was desperate not to make a mistake. Yeah, like he got the ball and he didn't want to take anybody on. Maybe in case you know someone stuck a foot out and took the ball off him as he went past him. He he made a bit of a silly tackle and got himself booted early on, which obviously wouldn't have helped him when he come to defend him. And then he was sort of just playing playing balls into the middle, but he was giving the ball away time and time again. He was lacking the composure. As if, like you know, he just wanted to get rid of it, and I do, I do wonder whether it was to do with that. You know, he's he's made that big mistake at the weekend, and he just thought, I can't do another. One. I don't want another one of them. Can't be dealing with that, and he's get rid of the ball. Then at least I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to balls up again. Like, well, that shows that I suppose that again, maybe a bit of naivety in terms of a young player who it doesn't take much to knock his confidence and. Yeah, maybe a bit of a, I mean, I say dropping him isn't going to exactly increase his confidence, but, you know, again, maybe a reminder's needed just to say, Luke, you know, you had a good season, but don't start, don't just start taking your foot off the gas. So I think it'd be a good thing to do, mate, and we'll certainly see how, how he gets on. Um, in terms of kind of any other players that you wanted to call out, mate, I mean, again, I don't think there was any star performances. You mate, you mentioned Romain Sawyers to me uh, when, we were, when we were in Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say so. Is yeah, I think the the thing with Romain so is it's becoming more and more apparent um, to people like you know what kind of footballer he is, and people were complaining before about you know playing that defensive field where he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, he doesn't track back, he doesn't get, he doesn't tackle, um, he doesn't track his men, and I think the thing it, when you play him in that position. You're asking for a bit of trouble, really, aren't you? You've got to accept that that isn't his game. Yeah. And I think the manager sort of understands that. Yeah, that's not really is that's not his strengths, and it's sort of up to the other midfielders to play adapt around him as to how he plays. And then you know you're looking at the back three. I think that's where Michael O'Neill say you. You've got three centre-halves. There, you know, Sawyer's job is going forward, and that's what he's been looking at. He wants to, he's wanted anti this season up until second half on Wednesday. It's always been we're having 10 players who are good on the ball, and we're going to be looking at moving the ball quickly, moving the ball, you know, keeping the possession and being and looking to be, you know, on the front foot. It hasn't always worked out like that, but I think that's always been the plan. I think that's always what they've been aiming to do. And, you know, somebody who's been really good at times, you know, some of the goals we scored, I think that's that Nottingham Forest goal and stuff like that. Fantastic. But yeah. I think other times, yeah, it hasn't worked out. But then again, you know, we're a young championship side. We're not going to play like Barcelona every week. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, I th- yeah, I think the thing with Sawyer is, I, I, he is what he is. He's a Rolls-Royce footballer, isn't he? 
the you know, I know that's an expression that's used, but it's it's true of him. You know, he's he plays with style, he plays with a bit of swagger, and yeah, he does come across to some people as lazy. But you know, so did Ricardo Fuller, but he was a damn good footballer. <laughs> and yeah. I think you just got to accept that you know there is he has got limitations to certain sides of his game, especially on the defensive side. And it's up to the people like Joe Allen, Jordan Thompson, people like that around him to understand that and be clever enough to know that they've got to let, if they let him do his thing, especially going forward and creating, and they just cover the other sides because they're good enough to cover the other side of the game that he's not so good at. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. You mentioned Allen. I mean, I wasn't actually going to mention him, but since you brought him up, um, interesting because I've seen a couple of people today say, oh, Joe Allen was at a really great game. And me and you both turned around and said, Allen was completely anonymous in the game. I don't remember yeah. him doing a single thing. And I just, I think it's great how people see football differently. And I think that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I'm just, we just thought he had a nothing game, didn't we, personally? I know I certainly did. Yeah, he just seemed to be, um, I mean, he didn't even get booed, did he? Everyone else did. <laughs> how dare he? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he just didn't seem to be involved in anything. But then, like I say, there's been quite a few people who did. So, just interesting. I mean, I don't know what, like maybe that viewpoints and stuff like that come into it. It's, it's yeah. like a way. It's just interesting, like you say, that how different people can see different parts of games that others miss. But like you know, miss things. I mean, it looks like we maybe missed um, the things that he was doing. <laughs> maybe it's just one of them, the typical Glenn Whelan performance where he just does all the hard gritty work and no one actually really recognises it until he's gone maybe it's one of them scenarios mate but yeah, yeah and, let's, no. and let's be honest in this team if he's going to be doing Glenn Whelan performances we can we can't I'm, I'm all up for that I'm yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just hope that O'Neill doesn't think he's on you know we can't drop him captain or no captain if he's not performing he's got to be dropped and I think most people this season would say that he's probably not been as good as he should be for a player of his you know his potential, but not not most potential, but you know actually hitting the potential that he's he's had for many years. You know we we know there's a good Joe Allen in there. Um, he's just really struggling to to deal with it. And maybe again, it's this formation we're playing. He's not quite sure where he needs to be, or he's just not quite settled into it. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and start bashing Joe Allen. I mean, he could have jumped ship with a lot of other players. He, he's obviously got a good attitude. So let's just give him a, a bit more time and hopefully O'Neill's strong enough to drop him um, if, if he feels he needs to. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to run on to the uh, Man of the Match polls. Uh, everyone will know that we'd love to go through these. So um, so our options, and I must admit, mate, we knew two of them, uh, but we were really ifing and ahhing, weren't we, about the third selection. So uh, we went with, um, obviously, Danny Bart, uh, Stephen Fletcher and Jordan Thompson. Uh, third place was Thompson with uh, Thompson Thompson with seven percent. Um, so he came third, and we got second place was uh, Danny Bart with twenty percent, and then in first, uh, steaming ahead was uh, Fletch with seventy percent. Uh, so uh, yeah, quite easy. I know there's a few other options uh, that people had. I think uh, Vrancic obviously um, got a man of the match probably just for that one pass uh, that he made. But in fairness to him, he looked pretty solid when he came on. But uh, yeah, so Fletch took it, and I must admit, I thought very much deserved. I don't think anyone would argue about Fletch picking that up. Um, and just like you said earlier, probably a bit of a special shout out to Danny Bart really because um, I thought he had a really solid game, and like we've already said, he won everything in the air. Um, and when we put the, ch- the, the kind of uh, choices. So we made this comment and I'm going to call it out. So uh, I'm not going to mention names because we never do. But uh, one um, Twitter expert, uh, I noticed, thought we were, in his words, taking the P, suggesting that Danny Bart should have been uh, one of the options. Um, seems to me that we were quite justified with this. Uh, I can only think, Dan, uh, that maybe his stream was a little bit fuzzy uh, wherever he was, uh, to be honest, mate. But uh, I don't think anyone could really complain with Bart being a, an option. But once again, as we said, People thought Joe Allen had a good game and we didn't. So, as is football, as are opinions. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a very harsh comment by uh, by that person. Anyway. So um, let's kind of run through uh, the kind of news from uh, the last kind of 
uh, week anyway. I mean, there actually wasn't an awful lot of uh, news, but I think the one uh, piece of news we want to bring up, and I think it's a justified uh, call up, and obviously that's Jacob Brown. So um, I know we've made comments about him most of the season, Dan, about, you know, he's been a bit of a revelation this season. I mean, he's not been a world beater. I wouldn't put him in that scenario. But, you know, again, if you think about the Jacob Brown from previous season where he just kind of floated in between games and didn't really contribute until probably the last few games. um, I don't know about you, mate, but he really reminds me of Johnny Walters. I mean, I remember when Walters came, he didn't really do very much. I think he came from Ipswich. Um, didn't really settle in straight away, and all of a sudden, you know, is is down as a one of the Stoke City legends from his hard work, graft, and guile, and never the best finisher, but always gave a hundred percent. And he just screams of me of another Johnny Walters. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I agree. Um, he's he's got that sort of there's very much a likability factor about him, isn't there? Especially like the way yeah. he plays, and you know. Yeah, Stoke. For all that, you know, we like to see flair and stuff, but we, you know, we all always at Stoke we've appreciated hard work, haven't we? And you know, players will give hundred percent, and that's always been like the minimum requirement. You know, you, you have to give your all. You have to sort of you know crawl off the pitch at the end yeah. because you've given every last ounce that you've got. That's always been what the fans you know want to see in that, and and he, he does. You know, he'll chase and chase. Uh, and he'll, he'll, you know, he's, he's great for how we're trying to play at the minute with the high, you know, pressing high up the pitch and trying to, you know, put the pressure on and win, win the ball high up. Because you know he, he's got such a such an engine and that, and then, but then with the ball, he, he's improved so much this year with the ball as well. And and I think he's he's bulked up a lot. He's he's, yes. he's obviously worked a lot on his this and on his um on his physique over the summer. And now you can see, like, whereas last year he was being barged out of the way by defenders, they're not having that now. He's, you know, he's <laughs> he can stand and you know, lean in with the shoulder and stuff, and it's added such a such an extra part to his game now. Yeah, and he seems to have had a really good kind of relationship with Fletcher, doesn't he? I mean, they seem to be on the same wavelength. You know, last night especially, every single time that flick on was gone. Brown was not far away from it. So there's clearly a, a bit of an understanding developing there, which is never a bad thing, as we know with Strike Force. And I think you showed me a stat. I think, was it is it four goals and four assists, I think, this season? Um, yes. Which I think yeah. if it carries on in this kind of ratio, he'll be he'll be in that 10 to 15 goals a season bracket, which, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not actually arguing about that. And, um, I mean, to be fair, mate, probably brings me on to one player, which is kind of in, in, in comparison to this. Um, I mentioned 10 to 15 goals a season. I'd probably say he's probably going to get more than Tyrese Campbell, um, if I'm honest with you, mate. Now, that might be a little bit harsh, but, I mean, we've said it. You said earlier on that you saw some comments on Twitter. Um, he he seemed well off the pace. Uh, and I know he's coming back from injury, obviously, and we're not saying that he should be hitting, firing all cylinders and, you know, going on mazy runs. We know that's not going to happen. Um, but I think the one thing for me that springs to mind out of that game and a few people around us were saying exactly the same. There was a moment where the ball is coming towards him. Uh, there's nobody around him and um, he's almost half-heartedly jumped, um, knowing full well he was not going to get the ball. It wasn't even a proper jump. And, you know, he didn't, he just didn't seem to want to battle. And as soon as towards you know, at the end of the the game, you know, when we should be chasing down their defenders and putting pressure on, and um, you know, he's he's kind of a, we're kind of overloaded on the right hand side at one point, and he was just there standing right next to a defender. Um, and the thing that worries me about Ty is that I'm almost thinking, have we called him back too soon? Because I think for me, he needs minutes, he needs time, he needs patience, um, and Stoke fans will give him most of that. But for me, his confidence clearly isn't high, uh, as it wouldn't be for a striker, obviously, who has been out for so long. But he is hiding right now, mate. Um, and that's what concerns me. He can't be hiding right now. We need a, a player that's that's firing. So for me, Jacob Brown right now is always ahead of Tyrese Campbell. And I didn't think I was going to be saying that, but I, I, please, mate, correct me. If, if you think I'm being harsh here, please do correct me. But he, he, he was hiding last night. Yeah, I mean... It... It might only take one goal for him just to spark him, but he looked like to me he 
like his anticipation wasn't there. Like you say, I know when you mentioned there going for that header, he misjudged the flight of the ball completely. Way off. Yeah. A couple of times when the ball was coming into him, he misjudged the bounce of it and the, and the. So I don't know what you know what was going on because he hasn't looked. You know he's he's not been a fantastic since he's come back and nor should we expect him to be. No. But at the same time, he's not he's not been that bad as he was at Blackpool doing. So it's it's sort of like oh he's regressed slightly from you know than what he has been playing at. And like I say, do you wonder where? I mean, to me, I I, th- I don't think he's ever been the greatest substitute anyway. He's never no, really he's... been a player who's done much coming off the bench. All of his big performances have come when he started. So yeah, whether that's there's something enough. in that, because I know some you know some players are like that, aren't they? You know, but they they need to sort of start the game to get into to get into it and get the feel of it from the start, and trying to get up to the pace of the game when they come on. It's difficult for some players. They just, you know, they don't find it a natural thing to do. You might, no. you might just be one of those. Yeah, maybe, maybe, mate. And like I say, I mean, he he does obviously need more time, and I don't think either of us are saying that he's, you know, he's coming back and he's not good enough for. But absolutely yeah, no. not. We all know he is more than good enough for this division. We know that for a fact. I think more the point I'm trying to make is that did we call him back a week or two early? That that's what I'm thinking. What? Could we have kept him in the under-23s, let him score a couple of goals, let him get his position and fitness up, and then brought him back in? I guess circumstances, we were a bit worried about not scoring and not winning games. Maybe we kind of forced the issue a bit. Uh, yeah, people have different opinions on that, but that, that that's that's the way I look at it anyway. I understand why we did it, but I still think we've come back too soon. Yeah, I mean, if we'd have seen the fit, and if, you know... Um... Fletcher's only recently been come back fit, going to go his fitness back, hasn't he? And you know, yeah. Surridge hasn't scored for a while. There's been a lot of factors that have sort of probably pushed him closer to the first team than than maybe you know they would have wanted to at this stage. Uh, I did notice I was looking at fixtures earlier on. I did notice under 23s have got three games over the international break, including a friendly against Abbey Alton United. Right. And I do wonder whether. Those three games, whether we'll see Campbell play and you know friendly like that, you know, is it especially for you know is are they looking at you know playing Campbell in um, in at least like say two of those three games? It's a good shout. Lose some minutes. Yeah, good shout, mate. I think I, it can't do any harm, and surely, I mean, he's not got anything better to do. So surely, you know, that's that's the game that we're going to be thinking. As you said, give give him a couple of games over that period of time. I think it's, it's clearly. There's not an injury issue anymore. We, we said literally, and I said it a few times at the match, he has literally missed a muscle now. Um, so if he can keep that pace up, get that strike, you know, kind of, you know, that finishing ability back, and, um, you know, we get him into positions where he can finish, obviously, that's important. We can't expect him to score from 35 yards out. You know, it's not going to happen. He's not that type of player. But, um, yeah, spot on, mate. I didn't actually see them them fixtures, but... Hundred um, percent. Let's get let's let's get him, let's get him fit. Let's get him just feeling confident, and it's going to help us no end. So, um, yeah, definitely a good shout. So, um, let's kind of look ahead to obviously Luton at the weekend, then, mate. So, we're, in terms of head to head, I mean, since we were relegated, we've played uh, Luton four times. We've actually got a really good record. I think we've actually won three and drawn one. Uh, I think Luton. I looked at the stats on a couple of them. Uh, Luton actually most of the time had most shots. Uh, but we were actually far more clinical. I think there was one game where they had like 14 or 16 shots. We had three and we won the game 2-0, I think it was. Uh, and that was last season. So I think December, uh, December, sorry, it would have been, what time of the day now? Um, it was last season, I think it was. And we, we basically beat them 2-0 away. I think it was Fletch and Campbell. Uh, scored the scored the goals, I think it was, or the previous season. So I know we did, we did quite well on that one. We've actually got a decent record, and they haven't beaten us. And uh, we've always we've always talked about these stats. They haven't beaten us since 1925. Well, we've only played them three times, you know that type of thing. But they actually haven't um, beaten us since December the second, 2000, apparently. Um, so that was quite interesting. I didn't think it was that. Uh, bad of a run so uh yeah we'll, we'll see how that one's going but i mean luton's start of the season dan it's been it's actually been quite good hasn't it i think i'd probably say that it's actually punching above their uh their expected weight a little bit i mean they've had some good wins along the way i know they sit seventh for 
the home record as well and, and away 14th for away. So um, I think one thing with Luton is that they do tend to score a lot of goals, but they do concede a lot of goals. So if you're a betting man, get on over two and a half goals uh, this weekend. Uh, no doubt that uh, there'll be plenty of them. Um, so, yeah, in terms of one thing would be silly not to mention, obviously. Um, do you do you know who manages Luton by any chance, Dan? I believe, God willing, it's Nathan Jones. <laughs> Bloody God willing. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll slip in there about, you know, or we sign Nick Powell. I'm sure, yeah, and he's not even playing, but I'm sure he will put that into his press conference somewhere. Or I sound... I signed X, Y, and Z, and he had a great game. I, I did such a good job getting him into that club, and he'll, he'll try, won't he? But I reckon he'll, he'll be very happy how Tyrese is bulked up. He'll say, I, I remember telling Tyrese he wasn't fit enough to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he'll try something, mate. But, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's interesting because... He, he'll get some stick at the weekend. Let's not duck that issue. He's going to get some stick. I think I'm definitely going to be there for the home tie. Um, I really, really want to see that because that's going to be quite poisonous, I think. Which, um, yeah, I think the looks of some comments online, it's, uh, I think there's a lot of like, snakes going to be making a reappearance again and and all and all that business. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, mate. But um I think one thing that we always like to do was obviously try and get some audio from uh, the Luton camp as well, like I mentioned. And um, Ian from uh, We Are Luton uh, kindly got in touch with us as well. Um, and he's given us his thoughts on this weekend. And you won't be surprised to hear that he thinks Luton will win. So uh, let's see exactly what he had to say. It's Ian Robertson from the We Are Luton Town page. So just a quick synopsis of uh, Luton Town's season so far, really. We've had a, a, f- a fairly decent start. We're sitting, obviously, in the top half of the table um, in around the playoff places. Obviously, it's a, a fairly tight mix up there. Um, I feel we, we probably could have done slightly better in terms of our points haul if it wasn't for our, our injuries at the beginning of the season. And we've, we've had a few since. So I think that's kind of hampered us really having a settled squad and the Nathan Jones 2.0 Luton squad, if you like, that's we've recruited over the summer. Um, but overall, we can't really complain. We're in a very good position to progress and people are coming back now. So so, so that's really, really good. In terms of key players, uh, obviously, uh, the, the two that's really stand out are probably Adebayo and, and, and Cornick. Um, quite a formidable partnership up top, really. You've got Adebayo on eight goals and Cornick on on seven goals with two assists. So they're, they're both pulling the strings up top. Um, we can look a little bit lightweight without Adebayo up top, but he's only had one or two games out. So, But they're the two really to, to look out for. I think in terms of any areas that you guys can exploit, um, I think it's a case of hitting us when we're in first gear, really. I think once we get into second gear, like you saw against Middlesbrough on Tuesday, um, we're very fast-paced. We play on the front foot, a high press, and, and look for, for areas to exploit and, and make the opposition make mistakes up top. So when we get into that mood, you know, we can really we can beat anyone in the division, really. But um, it's games like Saturday against Preston where we don't get out of first gear and we tread water a bit. I think that's when you really need tears, and that's the that's the time where you need to to manage the game. And if you can score a couple, you you've got a chance of of going away with something. Um, I think it's a tough one. You've got a couple of injuries. Obviously, you guys again have have had a, a pretty decent start. Although you, you've had a couple of flaky results like us like us recently, but I think uh, I think I'll go for two one Luton. Um, I think we can bag it this time, hopefully. Um, it looks like it's going to be a sellout as well, so uh, hopefully it'll be a, a feisty affair. Obviously, people keep labelling it the Nathan Jones derby, if you like, but you know, I think it's it's all kind of been forgotten by both sets of, sets of fans now. But um, should be a good game. Um, should be a, a, a well-contested game as well. So, uh, obviously, don't wish you any luck for this weekend, but we wish you luck after that. All right, cheers, bye. 
Ian, thank you very much indeed for the feedback, mate, and obviously good uh, good overview. Uh, not surprised to see you go for a Luton win. I mean, we understand confidence is high, mate. Um, it's certainly as high in the Stoke camp anyway now after that win. But uh, I noticed that I think it was against Middlesbrough. Was it 3-1? Uh, they scored three goals in five minutes, Dan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, so, I sort of had to sort of take uh, take a bit of time out to watch them goals after you know three, three and five minutes, because I know there was a certain other club that decided to concede three and five minutes last weekend, wasn't there? So I don't remember that. No. Yeah, I thought we'd just we'd watch. I'd, I'd watch it and just see you know what type of goals they were. Um, they seem to be set set piece goals. And oh really? So yes, yeah, so yes, yeah, so we're. Uh, on that respect, I think it's time for to roll out the uh, defence that we played in the second half at Bloomfield Road. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I was going to say in terms of which ones you kind of bring in. I mean, for, for me, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's got to have the same same defence. Danny Bart's got to be in there. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we, we always like to listen to uh, Graham McGarry. Obviously, it's, we always pre- obviously appreciate it, uh, Graham, and uh, Mystic McGarry, as he's known. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, as always, he's given his thoughts on the weekend. Um, and uh, I must admit, I, I always give uh, Graham some stick. And it's all very tongue-in-cheek, obviously, Graham. So, no, don't take it to, to heart. But, um, you know, Graham, like Stoke, need to get uh, on with winning ways. So let's see exactly what he's predicted for this week. Hi there, you Potters podcast people. Well, what a great day it was at the seaside in midweek. Terrific. Uh, three points back on the board, back on winning ways and a good all-round team performances. For me, what I've seen of them this season, that was one of the best away performances of the season. The manager, Michael O'Neill, wasn't going overboard about it. I just felt the way Stoke were going into the game and the way that Blackpool going into the game, they needed the three points. So they're up against another former manager this weekend when Nathan Jones brings his Luton Town team. I'm going straight away. Prediction time. Stoke 2, Luton nil. Graham, thank you. As I said, mate, appreciate it. Um, again, you always love to go for a Stoke City win, mate. I do absolutely love the confidence. Uh, so 2-0 uh, prediction win. I think it'd be a brilliant result if we can pull that one off. Um, and uh, yeah, safe to say it's a very, very tough game to try and predict. Um, me personally, uh, Dan, I mean, I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win, mate. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not particularly changing the team massively. I think like you kind of um, kind of said to me previously, you know, you'll... You'll probably have the, the the kind of defense second half. I mean, I'd just bring in um, Doughty if if he's fit. I mean, do you remember whether O'Neill said he's going to be fit or is he is he still injured at the minute? Do you know? Uh, I haven't really seen much. I mean, there's not really been much. Um, Said has been on him for a couple of weeks now. No, so I'm not really sure. I mean, uh... you have to have a look. Yeah, and we'll have to have to see. Um, Obviously, if he if he's fit enough to come in, but I mean, if he is, then yeah, for me, I think we just need to to maybe drop time in for a match, you know, give give him a, a bit of a a chance. And I think the only other change I personally would make, I I would actually probably bring Mario back into the team, um, and probably maybe quite controversially for some people, but I think uh, I'd be dropping Joe Allen uh, for for Mario, and I'd be putting Thompson in that kind of defensive battle and midfield role. Um, I said I said earlier, I mean, Allen for me has been quite anonymous recently, and um, again, another reminder that you are captain, but you're not irreplaceable. So um, I think that's the only way I would go. I mean, any major changes other than keeping the same defence for the second half we had against Blackpool, Dan, or um, any surprise appearances or predictions coming your way? Um, just on the fact of Alfie Doughty, a yeah. quick search to, to sort of, you know, just put uh, Alfie Doughty sort of looting into Twitter to just try and find the... Um, yeah, what what the uh, latest is on him, whether he's sort of anything's been said about the weekend. And uh, it comes up here, says that Luton manager Nathan Jones confirms he bid before for Charlton winger Alfie Doughty. Oh, we, get we really, we really like him, we inquired about him, uh, but he went beyond our budget. He's a time we like, but he's got above our finances. Oh, come on. <laughs> Oh, oh, God, God willing, he might, you know, he might start, or you know, he, oh, Jesus, yeah, it must have. He's going to claim anything, isn't he? Whoever scores a couple <laughs> of goals against him this weekend, yeah, I tried to sign him, and oh, get over, mate. Um, so yeah, um, he he's definitely going to be fit for the weekend. Then can see that one coming, and he'll score a hat trick from uh, left wing back. We'll take that. Um, so, uh, what are you going from a, a prediction perspective then for your team and uh, and your result, mate? My head says one all. Purely because we're playing in London, 
we've got an ex-manager in the dugout. <laughs> so these are two things that we very rarely do, do well against. Um, so yeah, my head's saying one all, but my heart is um, going the same lines as you and saying two one. So it's uh, whether I let my heart rule my head. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll take. We'll take it, mate. We're all all uh, a big bunch of positivity. Um. And I mean, in terms of looking ahead, the the fixtures. I mean, again, like we said before, the the October was always going to be a tricky one. Um. Uh, but we, we were talking about after the international break, weren't we? Before before recording. And um. I mean, after obviously the the particular game we got this weekend, uh, we come back. We're home against Peterborough. Um, so uh, you'd hope for another kind of three points there. Uh, away to Bristol. I think it's on TV as well, isn't it? Bristol. It's never a good omen for us. Um, so I think <laughs> we're I think we're away uh, against Bristol. Um, and the, but then we you know we bring it back down to uh, Stoke versus Blackburn, which is uh, certainly an interesting one. I think again, did they get hammered seven nil by Fulham? Or they did. Not? Yeah, Mitrovic was at his as well. You know, he scored one, created a few. <laughs> And Gary Wilson got a couple in about two or three minutes, didn't he? But yeah, the I think it was two 0 at half time and ended up as a seven full time. Jeez, I mean, any team will win seven. I mean, we we all know Fulham are probably going to race this league. That them and yeah, Bournemouth I mean, will probably have this turn up. We said to I said to you last night. I didn't tell looking at the league table after the match. Fulham's goal difference is twenty nine. They're obviously the top scorers in the division with about I think forty three goals. The second highest scorers. Have only scored twenty-seven. So they're yeah. the second top scorers in the division, they got their score goal scored is less than Fulham's goal difference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, when they return <laughs> back to uh, to Stoke in what was it January, um, we'll we'll give them a good idea to to get that goal difference down. I think. But yeah, I think we, it's going to be an interesting mate because I think we, this, this that's just it for me. We needed to get past the. Uh, the tricky kind of West Brom and, and all that business. And uh, there's now no string of fixtures that really worries me for the rest of this year. Uh, we're, I think we we could be in for a, a decent second half of the season. And like we said, if we can get to Christmas and we're still in that playoff position, um, it could be a very, very interesting second half of the season. So, uh, yeah, really, really positive. Um, so, I mean, that's uh, pretty much covers everything for, for this week. Uh, it's obviously... Always, always good to speak to you, Dan. And uh, I know we're we're going to try and get to another, well, away away or two games, aren't we? We're going to try and I think, was it? Do we look at Blackburn? Or have I imagined that again? I'm trying to yes, think. Yes, yeah, was Blackburn, Black, wasn't it? Blackburn's on Easter Monday, so I think I highlighted this on um, on Twitter uh, last week that you know it's it's going to be Easter Monday with a massive away end. It's not too far a trip. If we're still in the playoffs. We could take thousands and thousands to Blackburn that day, Easter Monday. Uh, yeah, although I think because I think you can you can get about I think it's about six thousand tickets if you, right. you know, if you can sell them. I think you you can get that many there. So well, we haven't got a good record against Blackburn, have we? Because I think there's only about three three games left after that one. If we are top six going into that, or you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, around that, and you know, we need the win vital game we could <laughs> I say we could sell that away end out so I think mm. yeah I think it'd be interesting to me because I know we haven't got a good record um, have we I don't think from from Blackburn I seem to remember uh, oh Muniesa pulling up and we didn't we lose like 4-1 or 4-2 having gone a goal up or something like that yeah I, mean, I think that was in the cup on yeah I think was it was 4-1 is it Josh King scored a hat-trick in the, Josh, oh that, yeah that was, and that was the day Andy Wilkinson uh, ended up having to retire and he after an injury he picked up in that game. Yeah, 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 he did, mate. Oh, blimey, that was a bit of a that was a dreadful game. Again, I think it was a televised game. So I think the best thing we can do is just smash all the cameras up and not be on TV. Um, <laughs> and actually, one thing I've just I've just actually spotted. I was, I was just flicking through the. We have a number of comments through on, on Twitter, but I was looking through comments and I've seen there's a there's a video that someone's posted of Joe Bursic from the other night. Uh, as as we I've win, seen that, yeah. Yeah, he turns round to the fans, don't he? <laughs> punches and then uh, puts his finger up to whisper so in fairness I know they got a lot of stick and there was a Tannoy announcement wasn't there about you know no no missiles being thrown on the pitch and yeah because there was, there was three occasions when the ref you know the things were picked up that were being chucked at, at basic and I think was it uh, was it Danny Bart got something thrown oh no Josh Tyman once he got something thrown at him as well 
So, you know, if the thing is, if the fans are going to be launching missiles down at you, you know, get throwing your lighter or your pound coins or whatever it is, then, you know, yeah, if you win the match 1-0, yeah, turn around and give them a bit of stick back. If they're willing to give it out, and that, yeah, like it works both ways as well, you know. If, I always said that, if your fans are going to give it out, you've got to be prepared to take it, haven't you? And yeah, be, be yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I think the whole throwing things on the pitch is just idiotic anyway. Oh, yeah, it's, any football it's just moronic, isn't it? There's no, there really is no, you know, why? why what, what do you gain from doing it? It's just... Other than a ban? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, well... Hopefully. I mean, there's cameras all over the place. You'd be a bit of an idiot to throw anything on the pitch, wouldn't you? But... Yeah, you'd hope there was bans coming, wouldn't you? Actually, one thing before I actually do it, I know I've already said we'll we'll close it up. But uh, did you? I didn't realize it was Ben Wilmot's birthday today. He was twenty-two today. He looks about thirty. <laughs> looks like a, yeah, a, a, a poodle. Happy birthday, Ben. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, uh, poodle Ben Wilmot. Uh, it's always uh, <laughs> always got. Oh, it was really harsh, isn't it? Um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, as always, Dan, really good to speak to you, mate. Um, obviously, I know we've uh, got a bit of an international break, but I think we. I mean, I know we are trying to work on a bit of a um, a special part, aren't we, for for that kind of international break? So I know we've got a few things to kind of iron out there, but uh, we're trying to get something sorted for that, aren't we? If we can. Yeah, there's, there's something in the pipeline. Um, a bit different to what we did last time. I mean, we really enjoyed the Icelandic pod, didn't we? And I'm yes. sure, you know, what we've got sort of lined up here, I'm sure we really enjoy doing this as well. Um, I won't say different lines. I won't say too much because, you know, it's not been, <laughs> it's not all confirmed and done yet. Uh, we don't want all the angry messages. Yeah, I thought you were doing this. <laughs> Where's this pod? Um, yeah, I just blame you anyway. It's the easiest thing. To do. <laughs> yeah, well, it will, it will be my fault. <laughs> I'm not getting involved. Um, but yeah, no. Again, thank you to everybody who obviously has been tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate it. And yeah, like we mentioned, you know, if you want to listen back to any of the uh, the pods, you can always find um, all the kind of you know the, the podcasts from the very very beginning. Uh, you can always find them on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, obviously iPhone, uh, Apple Pods, of course. You can get it all on Anchor as well. The special pods are on there. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, feel free to check out some of those. There's some really good pods on there, um, some good interviews, et cetera, we've had. So um, thank you very much, Dan, and thank you to everyone for tuning in this week. We will see you all uh, in hopefully in a week's time. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.